This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. I bring you greetings from our pastor, from our pastors, Pastor Sholan, Pastor Sholan Abi. I bring you greetings in love and in the spirit of the house. You know, if you're here today and uh, you're worshiping for the first time with us, you will never be the same again. If you've been here before, you're a member of this church, I'm not sure about you, but you will never be the same again too. Hallelujah. So today I want to talk with us from my heart. And I believe that every, every word I'm going to speak is going to be in the spirit of my, of my pastor, um, on whose pulpit I have the privilege to speak this morning. It may not um, be about something that is a typical Sunday morning message about grace, or about the finished works of Christ, or you know about... Uh, walking in dominion and all that but i i can assure you it is the word of god and if you open up your heart to receive it it will hit you at a frequency that will require that kind of adjustment that will bring out the champion in you praise god yes there are um, certain things in life that are called secrets they are secrets because not everybody knows them Right, and as our pastor likes to say, you know, you've, you, you've read several books, Seven Steps to Success and things like that, and you're not as successful as the person who wrote it because the eighth step is not there. It's not something that you write in the book. Eh? Survey the market, instruct the instruction, statisticize the statistics, whatever. Right, the eighth step. You know, have uh, pay visits to the guy in one particular village. It's, can't, you can't write this in a book. Take a tour through India. I'm telling you what successful men have done. And pay some heavy sacrifices. Bring a baby that has just been born within the last 12 hours and a pestle and mortar. As if it's yam one to pound. Those things are not written in books. But they are secrets. Everywhere where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob went... They raised an altar and they dug a well. Praise God. As you read through scriptures, you see certain things, very easy to pass over, but those things are the main things. The blessing of being a child of God is that you begin to walk in the light. And when you walk in the light, nothing is hidden from you. Some of the greatest secrets are open secrets. They are secrets that are open. As you open your Bible and you begin to read, read it, those things are very clear. Praise God. But if you approach it with a religious mind, if you approach it with, you know, I just want to read my Bible and all that, you may not see, see it there. One of the greatest secrets in the Bible is called love. What did I call it? Love is a deep secret. It is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. It is deep and it is great. There is nothing like love. 
You know, once I was speaking with a friend, and I asked the friend, that why does the Bible say that wives submit to your husbands in all things as the church is subject to Christ, and husbands love your wives several years ago? You know, why? Why, did, why does it not say, you know, wives love your husbands? Why submit and husband? You know, and my friend said that, well, maybe... Uh, you know, you know it's, it's easy for women to love. Women just love people, you know. There's no kind of person a woman cannot love. A woman can fall in love with a governor, president, a prisoner. There's no kind of person. Women are wonderful. It is because of women that the world is still existing. Praise God. Sometimes, you know, the... Per- <clears throat> well, let me, not, let me not digress. Well, but it's difficult for a woman to submit you know, uh, she must stay her own and everything. On the other hand, it's easy for a woman to submit to, to, to a man submit to the woman he loves. You know, he will do anything for her, just make her happy and all that. But men, to love a woman, to really to find a man that really loves a woman is rare. You know, that was what my friend said. So God was telling them to do. You know, some some women, the way you to love them is that, you know, just be listening to me as I'm talking, and you are counting the time: five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, and you are trying to. Okay. You know you are, you are, you have you are far gone and and if it's a man he will not know but a woman say yeah, 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 you're, 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 you're not listening to me. Your mind is somewhere else. She will, she will know. And it, you know. it can be very painful. You know, praise God. So she was saying that you know God was telling the man to do the difficult thing for him. You know, he can easily submit to a woman that he loves and all that. So love your wives. And to the woman, you know, find it easy to love and all that, but Cannot submit, submit to your husband. I didn't understand it then. I understand it now. You know, even though that's not really the case. Praise God. Because none of those things are natural things. When the Bible says, husband, love your wife, it's not talking about natural love. It's talking about the kind of love that Christ had when he laid down his life for the church. It does not matter how nice you are. If you can be the nicest person in the world, you don't have that kind of love. For you to love like that, you have to lose yourself. You have to literally lay down the person that you are and allow Jesus to live through you. Praise God. And when it comes to submitting, it does not matter how the person was raised. The person may have, been, may have been raised in a conservative family and all that. It is not by conservation. No. Conservation is ecology. That submission has to do with the work of the Holy Spirit breaking down something on the inside. So that someone talks to you, and you know that what my husband is saying is very stupid, but you don't say anything back. Just be like, okay, I'll sleep over it. Praise God. Ah, all right. I, want to, um, I hope I'm talking to some real people here today. Because I think I said a word, stupid, and they were like, this man has come again. It's true. I once went to a lady's house when I was seven. She used to teach us, she used to come to teach, talk about relationships. We all enjoyed her. You know, and as far as we're concerned, their marriage was fantastic. It was great. They had so much cooperation. They took care of the kids together. They made the money together. They shared the money. It's fantastic stuff. He loved her and all that. So when I went to, to see her, she was busy and all that. So I, I remember I sat on the rug uh, in, in the sitting room. And she said, telling me that she just, she just bought five books on submission. Because God was teaching her some things about submission. And I was looking at her like, if you are not submissioning, and you are reading five books on it, then what, what chance do the rest of us have? She was telling me that she, has, that she has graduated from the point where her husband will say something and she will say something. And she'll be like, my, my, I'm right. I know that you're wrong. You know I'm right about this thing. I want to agree. To the point where she began to allow him. 
she knows that what he's saying is not exactly the way. You know, some women have this ability to understand things. While men just think like this. They've calculated it. They've done the quadratic equation. And I say, but boy, you're not getting this thing, sir. It won't work. Husband will say something, and then she would say, this way we should do it, and all of that. You know, but she will allow him to do it. And, and then when it does not work out, she will say, I told you so. She said, that's where I am now. That what I want God to take me to is a place where, when it does not work out, I won't say anything. I will say, sir, so what next? What's your next plan? <laughs> 2011, I've never forgotten that. I was astounded. Praise God. That is not a natural thing. Hallelujah. When I was in my final year in secondary school, my friend, he was the president of our, of our, of our, of our Christian fellowship. He said to me, and you know, if you've, if you've done the membership class, you've heard me say this before. He said to me, he said, Abele, if we are living in the same room, you know, and I offend you today, and you forgive me, what I did was something you don't like. I know you don't like. I did it on purpose. And you, you know, you are so angry, but you know, you, for, you forgive me. And tomorrow, I do the same thing. He said, Abele, how many times have I offended you? How many times, everybody? Don't, don't give me theory. <laughs> how many of you think it is one time? You will tell me the reason why. How many of you think it's two times? Look at this highly spiritual church. If someone slaps you, bah! And you say, I forgive you. But he slaps you again, bah! How many times has a person slapped you? <laughs> right. So the reason why some people are saying once is because, it's because, now, now listen to me, this is very serious. It's because that is the way the love of God is. When God, I, of course I told my friend twice, but he told me that no once. When God forgives us, he wipes that thing off our record. The next time we stand before God, that thing is not in our record. If we do anything again that is wrong, that's the first time we are doing it. That's how God forgives. You see, the mission of this house is to, re- is to teach men how to uh, accept the unconditional love of God. You see these people that cannot sleep when it's raining heavily in the night. They just get and start confessing on their sins. They can't sleep in the house at, uh, you know, on, the, on the last day of the year. They must find themselves at a watch night service. Not because they want to be in God's house. But because they just think Jesus will come at that time. And their sins are too many. They are on the, and they are, they are on the end, the airplane, and the, and the, and the place like they say, Lord, I repent. I they, they have never discovered the God of love. God is too big to hold what you did when you were 10 against you. His love is too deep for that. I want, to, I want to talk to you today about the kind of place you've come into and the God that you are dealing with. So that whenever you, when next you open your Bible to read it, you will not say, Jesus wept, and you say, well, thank you, I'm going out. No. Every time you open your Bible or you kneel down to pray, you are dealing with God. Hallelujah. That's why when Peter asked Jesus, how many times will my brother offend me in a day and I'll forgive him? Seven times. Jesus Christ told him how many times? In a day, 70 times, 7 times. That's 490 times. There's nobody here who has been offended by the same person. In the same day, 490 times. The person offended you, 1, 2, 3, 100, 400. So Jesus was not saying be counting. He was saying don't count. Because if you truly forgive, there will be no count. Did you get that? That's how God loves us. It is the secret of fellowship. 
John 14, 23. If any man will love me, I and my father will come and make our abode with him. It is the secret of conviction. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Praise God. That's 1 John 3, 14. Or 1 John 3, 4. It is the secret of generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. It's the secret of power with God. Galatians 5, 6. Faith walks by love. It's a very deep secret. In theory, like everybody just said one time, one time, let someone, as you're driving, let someone bash your car. And just say, this person, you are the same person that bashed my car last year. And you remember the date carefully, very well. When your, husband, your wife says something now, your, or your, your son, say, Junior, I have told you before. You did it yesterday three times. But now you're telling me just one, 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 one. It's difficult to find someone. Very, a lot of people understand it in theory. Who walks in love. Because to do that, something has to go. Praise God. All right. It's the secret of favor. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are be called according to his purpose. Someone say love. I want you to turn to your neighbor and look at them eyeball to eyeball and say, neighbor, do you love me? Are you going to remember my face after this service? Will you be able to tell what I was wearing? Neighbor, do you know where I live? Do you know what I do? It is the principal motive for serving God. When we become Christians, we enter into something. You see, what I'm telling you today is something that you may not hear all the time, but it is a secret. There are certain secrets. I mean, that's how I started. In the word of God. I want to read to you from John chapter 13. The Bible says that after supper, Jesus removed his, his clothes and wore a towel. And he began to wash his disciples' feet, one after the other. Jesus. I'm telling you, just enter into this place and does that. You understand why Peter did, did what he did. You know, John chapter 13. Let's, let's go down to, to verse 7. I not read it because of time. Okay, verse, verse 5. It says, verse 4. So verse 4, it says that he, he rises from supper, that's Jesus, and laid aside his garments and took a towel, gathered himself, verse 5, and he poured water into a, into a bowl and he began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel that he wrapped himself with. You know? And he came to Peter and Peter said unto him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And verse 7, Jesus answered and said, What I'm doing now, you don't understand, but you know after now. Verse 8, Peter said, Nice try. I understand your joke. <laughs> but you can never wash my feet. Now what Jesus Christ said next was very scary. He said, Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you have no part with me. I mean, we have raised the dead together. We have... Heal the sick together. We have walked from place to place together. We fed 5,000 and 4,000 with two loaves. But I am telling you that, Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet right now, your part is over. In other words, what Jesus is saying is that you have been pastoring for 12 years. You've been in the ocean department for six months. But if you don't understand this thing I'm talking about today, you have no, let's just part for you. You have no part. You just be going. 
you are not part of what is going on, of what God is doing. You have no part. It was very scary. Peter was so scared. He said, don't wash my feet. Just give, give me a shower. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. This is another, it's another very striking one. You know, this is how to read your Bible. When I, the first time I read this, I, I looked at it. I, I don't like to theorize scripture. And of course, Jesus was speaking figuratively, you know. And was, uh, Acts chapter 9 verse 4. This was when Saul, before he became Apostle Paul, was persecuting the Christians. And the Bible says that he took letters from Jerusalem and was going to Damascus to b- drag Christians to Jerusalem and persecute them. On the way, the story of Saul's compassion, you know, all of us know it. The Bible says on the way, there was a bright light from heaven and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my people? Right? Why are you persecuting my church? Is that it? Why persecuting the Christians? What does he say? Can you give us something that is in modern English, like NKJV? And in a, in a good Bible, because Saul never met Jesus, so this can't be correct. Why persecuting me? You know Saul never met Jesus on, before this time. So this is not a... What, what kind of Bible is that? That's not a real Bible. Okay, what does this one say? Saul, Saul, why are you out... No, don't, don't give me the message. Come on. <laughs> new King James Version, New International Version, something like that. Something that is, that is modern, but not something that is, <laughs> is rapping. Right. Okay, so then he felt he's gone and heard a voice saying, can we read together what Jesus Christ said? God is so particular about the word that the second person of the Godhead is called the word. He never jokes with words. He was not speaking figuratively and saying, ah, if you have seen me, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen my wife. Like some of us say, that's not what Jesus was saying here. When I read it, I was like, you know, Saul had never met Jesus. He was not one of the twelve disciples, Nothing. Jesus did not say, Saul, why, why, why are you beating my people? Why are you dragging my people up and down? He didn't say my people. What did he say? I want you to take 30 seconds and look at that your neighbor again. And say, neighbor, why are you persecuting me? Paul had never slapped Jesus, never met Jesus, never punched Jesus, never hit Jesus. He had never put Jesus in prison. But Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? It's a very powerful statement. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. That's the last picture we're going to look at. And then I'm beginning to round up. There's something I, I want to talk to us about today. You know, uh, but this is the substratum. I want us to understand that... Okay, Matthew 25. From verse... 31. We're going to read it very quickly. Matthew 25, 31. You've gone back to uh, King James Version. It's fine. It says, can we read together? Let's go. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory. Let's go on. And before him shall be gathered all nations and shall separate them one from another. as The shepherd divided sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. I can't hear you. From the foundation of the world. Let's go on. If I was... No, that's why I said you should not give us this. What was I was unhungered. That's not how we speak English. Okay, let's go on. I was unhungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Let's go on. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying... Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and give you drink? Let's go on. When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? 
Or when did we see you seek in prison and came unto thee? And verse 40. And the king shall answer and say unto them. If you have been a Christian for any number of time, I'm, I'm sure you know this, this thing that Jesus Christ said. You know, Matthew 25, but Jesus, Christ, Jesus Christ said that he would say, when I was hungry, you fed me. And they would ask him that, Lord, when we, we've never... Had, 1994, 1998. Never seen Jesus Christ hungry in my life before. And Jesus would say that, in as much as you, as you did it to the least of my brethren, that's what he was telling Saul in Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Praise God. Let me tell you a secret. If you come to church and you say... I love you forever. I love you forever. Fill me up with your... I want to run over. And you don't know the name of the person that is sitting to your right or to your left. No, nothing. You are, just, you are just singing. You should go, you should, you should go to meet Cobhams to produce your song for you. But that is not worship. Praise God. Matthew 22, Matthew 22 36, I believe... Let me see what's written there. Teacher, what, which is the great commandment in the law? What, what does this mean? Is, does this mean a singular or a plural thing? Did he say what are the greatest commandments in the law? What does he say? Which is the what? That means what? One. What did Jesus Christ say? Let's go on. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. Verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. Verse 39. Dear Lord, we say which is the great commandment. It's impossible to keep the first one in that sense, to keep it and not keep the second. You cannot love God if you don't love people. If you raise up your hand and you say that, Father, I love you and all that. I want to give to you. I, I, I will give, I give my all to you. You know, you're always giving in church. You're always giving in church. But you've not paid your worker's salary. Your, your, your money is rejected. Praise God. Now I'm going to give you one minute. One sixty seconds. I want you to talk to the person that is seated to your left and to your right. Look at them. Not ten seconds. One minute. Look at them very well. Ask them for their name. Say, brother, sister, how are you? What's your name? <laughs> you don't have to tell them I love you now. I know it's going to take a while. Just say I'm interested in being your friend. Some people have already stopped talking. They're like, Pastor Bele. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please listen to me. Listen to me this, this morning. Please. Jesus said to Peter that if you don't allow me to wash your feet. When he was done, he told them that, do you know what I'm doing? He says, if, if, you, if, if, if I, who you call Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so you ought to treat one another. That's, you have to serve one another. Not necessarily, you know, using a bar soap and stuff. You know, but you have to serve one another, love one another. That's, that's, that's what he was saying. That is a principal thing. It's a secret. It's a secret. It doesn't matter if you're a miracle worker, you're a powerful speaker. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, you are, you, you come to church to sweep the floor. Jesus does not die for the floor. If you don't know the people that are in church with you, you don't know them. You don't know whether they just got a promotion or just lost their grandma. You don't know where they live. Nobody. As soon as you come to church, 
In fact, you target the end of praise worship or end of opening prayer. As soon as service is over, you and your family back into your car. Oh, there's no more, it's no more uh, manual car. Until you say gear one and all that. And you're out of church. You are joking. Praise God. What we have come into is more than a Sunday to Sunday thing. It is the greatest cult in the universe. It is what made God to send his son to die on the face of the earth. There is something now called the family of God on the face of the earth. It is a family. It is a nation. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation. You've come into something. It's not 10 to 12, 11, 12, 12 o'clock on Sunday morning or 8 to 9.30. That is not Christianity. Praise God. There is a secret that if you can discover and begin to walk in it, you begin to shine. Praise God. It does not matter what you're wearing. Those things are important, but they, they are not principal. You make sure you get a clean shave, make your hair, you know, you wear your Sunday best. And go, that is not, <laughs> that's not church, oh. Pastor, well, I want to do membership class. I want to do membership class so that you can join the choir and sing. I just want to serve my God. That is not church, oh. If you have done all those things, but you don't understand what I'm talking about this morning. You are presently in Lagos, but you still live in your town. Oyo is, is on your own. Praise God. But here's the thing. The thing is that if you really, if you really want to discover the grace of God, you want it to be at work in your life, you have no other option. You must walk in love. It must no longer be a theory for you. There are many things that you try to do as a Christian that have not worked because you've not discovered this secret. You've tried to have a serious prayer life. It's not working. You've tried to be serious with God. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Pastor cannot pray this one for you. Because the very basic principle, we know that we have passed from death to life. It's not that the prayer is not working. It's working, but you don't know it's working. You can't recognize it. We know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. It's a secret. When you begin to walk in it, your eyes become open. You can see as God can see. Someone is just, just leaves their house and is just coming to church quite casually. Not you. Someone open, opens up their Bible just to read it. You know, just, I just want to read four chapters today and, and rush off to work. Not you. When you open your Bible, you begin to say, Father, I thank you for your word. Something is at work in you. Your eyes begin to open. You can see as God sees. You can see what is at stake. You can see why. Why can you see? Because that is the reason why Jesus died. There is a reason why Jesus died. It's not just so that we can go to heaven. No. The reason why Jesus Christ died was to help men. Was to raise men out of, you know, Poverty and sickness and weakness and depravity and sin was to bring them out of darkness into light. I mean, God looked and, and saw men's condition and said, Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. And if you read in your Bible, it says that, that, that Jesus, he didn't just, you know, he didn't just, you know, 
I, you know, let, you see, I'm, I'm almighty and, and everything. I'm, I'm going to love them. I'm going to die for them in my power. No. It wasn't easy. The Bible says he laid aside his glory and became a man. At the point of death, he said, he was still saying that, Father, if it's, <laughs> if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. It was the most, it's the most difficult thing in the universe. He gave up himself. That's the love I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the love that, <laughs> your hair looks nice. <laughs> happy birthday, Pastor Shari, happy birthday. That's not the love I'm talking about. The one that does not spend anything, does not give anything, does not sacrifice anything. So I want to work in media. Any, is there any department that works just only on Sundays? I just want to work at the back of the church where I I want to just do what I want to do. That is not Christianity. That is you, then it, as in that's just you, just about you. I was talking to your brother before service now, you know, and, and I was telling him that you, you earn 162,500 naira. You now calculate your tithe to be 16,250 naira. God, God did not calculate the blood that he used to die. He did not. He did not say, you know, four gallons, three liters to Nigeria. No, he didn't do that. Jesus shed his blood abundantly. So he knows that you need to save and he knows that you need to invest and he knows that you need to buy clothes and all that. He knows. But when it comes to God, don't do that thing. I just try to try to just give 20k. Really? What, what will happen to you? If you, if you lose 20k, you, you will need so much blood that you will come for blood donation. On, on. No. You won't die. What you are saying is that God, you are my source, not my job. Love is the force that moves. If I say it in poetry now, you'll be like, mm-hmm, this guy's a poet. Mm-hmm, what, 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 what? But it is the truth. It's the reason why you can raise the dead today because Jesus Christ came here. It's the reason why a soldier who has killed so many people can become an usher in the church. He has done so many grievous things. I mean, he went to Afghanistan or whatever. Or he went to Sambisa. And he shot people, even children. And his, his life is broken. Every time he wakes up in the morning, he sees blood everywhere. Or a person that slept with everything in the world. And you see that, you see, I read a story in, 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 in Hagen's book. You know, about a, 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 a particular woman, she had been, she had been a, a, you know, a commercial, you know, professional for a long time. And she got saved, and she got born again, but she, she, she always ran away from the brothers. Because she felt that she, her, life, her, no, her life was... And there was this brother that fell in love with her. And when, when he was coming close, the guy, she, the lady changed church. Because she felt she was unworthy of a Christian brother. The guy changed church too. He followed her. He, he told the pastor, where did she go to? I, I, I can't marry anybody else. I want to marry her. At the time when he was writing that story, they had about two or three children. Doing very well. That is why Jesus came. That is love. If you are being three months in this church... Six months, 12 months in this church. And you don't know anybody's name. Just your, you and your family. You are living in Lagos, but where are you really living? On the final note, I want to give you this note of warning. Because we said that, turn to your neighbor and all that. Some people are going to start saying, <laughs> In fact, I need 20,000 naira today. Listen to me. The first people that died in the church were Ananas and Sapphira. They were the first people that had the wrong kind of motive. They died. When we begin to walk in this powerful thing, if you try 
nonsense. You'll be shocked. You say, I need money for my, for my, for my rent. How much is it? For 5,000 naira. I'll give 10,000 naira. I need money for my rent. You ask 13 people on the same day. In this church, just be checking your height every day. You will not be increasing. I'm telling you. Praise God. Can someone say, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. And if he has loved us so much, we should love one another. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.